my name is Samantha Haney and I am the Assistant Opinions Editor for The Lancer Feed. Today I am joined by Chris Sanko and we are going to be discussing Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month and Chris's culture and what that means to him. Can you go ahead and introduce yourself and your grade? Uh, my name is Chris Sanko and I'm a sophomore at Lafayette. Uh, okay, so where is your family from? My parents are both from the Philippines. That's cool. Does your family speak a different language? Yeah, they do. And uh, my parents both speak uh, Tagalog. They speak it all the time at, at home. Um, they speak it at home uh, right now at in America, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you speak it? I don't speak it because um, I wasn't taught as a child, so then I could um, better understand English when I entered elementary school Right. in America. Do your parents speak English? They both speak English, yeah. That's um, cool. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> what originality do you consider yourself from? Uh, I consider myself to be like Asian, uh, Asian American okay. because um, though I am like 100%, Filipino, I was born in America. Okay. So although I'm not um, like Caucasian, I do consider myself to be American considering that I was born here. Yeah. But the Asian part of Asian American is still really significant in the sense that my parents are both from the Philippines and I was raised in a Filipino household. Yeah, that's really cool. So you're a first generation American? Yes, because both of my parents immigrated here mm, more, a little more than 20 years ago. Wow. And um, my sister and I are the first of our almost entirely Filipino family to be uh, raised in, born and raised in America. Yeah. So when did your parents move over? Like before they were married or after they were married? I think... <clears throat> um, I'm pretty sure they got married in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they went back to get married in the Philippines. I'm not really sure when, but I do remember that they uh, officially immigrated here in 1998. Oh, okay. Have you ever been to the Philippines? I have been to the Philippines, uh, I think, three times, yeah. So, the first time I went was when I was really little. I was maybe like four there's not too many memories yeah. because I was really young. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second time, um, I was, it was back in 2014. So I think okay. I was eight, nine. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. About eight or nine. And uh, we stayed for two months. Wow. So we really got to do a lot more, uh, especially because we were able to like think on our own more too. Yeah. And then, um, most recently, we went back in 2019, right before <laughs> COVID happened. So, uh, I think we went for three weeks. Yeah, because um, two months is, although it's nice to be there for a long time when you're trying to make plans and stuff, it's really hard because they're like, oh, you've got two months to figure it out. But then we never really figured it out. So we yeah. were like, if we stay for a shorter amount of time, uh, we'll be able to get more done more efficiently. Yeah. yeah. 
you have family there still, like your parents' parents or anything? Yeah, um, both of my grandmas and my entire extended family all still live there. Wow. We're the only ones that uh, moved to America. So is that, is that kind of hard, not being able to see them regularly? Yeah, because um, it's been years since I've seen my cousins and my uncles and my aunts um, whenever they get married and um, whenever one happens to unfortunately pass away, we don't really have the opportunity or like the finances to be able to go back that frequently to attend those ceremonies so it is really hard to not be able to see a majority of the extended family all the time occasionally they'll visit like a couple months no a month ago um my aunt visited for a couple days and it was really nice to finally be able to see her after all that crazy stuff happened the past couple years so that's really cool so what do you do to kind of keep your culture alive um if that makes sense yeah um i talk about it a lot um i eat a lot of the food that's a big part of filipino culture is the food Mm -hmm. you'll usually see us gathering around a table filled with food (laughs) that's sort of the way that we connect that's sort of our love language like it's a combination of gifts and acts of service Mm -hmm. because uh to give someone food is to like tell them how much you appreciate them by saying like you worked really hard to make this dish so that someone else can enjoy it and nourish from it that's really cool yeah so what types of foods do you like uh there's a lot of different um entrees like the meat that we have it's Mm -hmm. called uh we usually refer to it as ulam okay and so uh ulam is what you eat with rice because we eat rice with like Mm -hmm. pretty much every meal it's like (laughs) uh, a joke that we have starches on starches on starches like we'll eat potatoes with rice (laughs) or we'll eat bread with rice because it's just a big part of staying healthy staying nourished all the time so some of my favorite uh, Filipino foods include like uh, longanisa, which is like a Filipino sausage. There's adobo, that's a really big one. Um, it's probably one of the more popular Filipino dishes. And um, I can't remember what it's called, but there's this one dish that you'll usually see at parties, and it's pretty. Uh, pretty gruesome looking if you if you don't have the strongest stomach because it is a whole pig just like on (laughs) it's cooked (laughs) i promise that's um but it is an entire pig just like decorated with like lettuce and Mm. stuff on the side but it's usually served on like a giant stick on a giant plate and it's usually like the centerpiece of the table so that's what everyone shares at the party because it is a lot of food yeah uh, yeah, that's a lot of my favorite uh, Filipino foods. That's really cool. Um, are you in the Asian American Association? I am. What does that club do? Uh, I'm not able to go in too often, but mm-hmm. uh, I think it's a place where 
um, Asian Americans at Lafayette can find a place where their cultures and their Asianness can be more appreciated yeah. now that you're all together. So the times that you have gone, what was it like? Uh, it was really nice because we kind of just got to talk and um, be, uh, even though we were, you know, different kinds, different quote-unquote kinds yeah. of Asian, we were all able to find a sense of community there and just be ourselves there too. That's really cool. Um, is there a common misconception you have or you hear often about your culture? Um, I think that uh, one thing that um, I hear a lot is mm. that we're very smart. <laughs> and of course, that's not wrong. Mm -hmm. We are like very hardworking scholars. But um, to apply that heart, that trait of being intelligent to our race instead of our hard work right. is the misconception that I hear the most. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And then, oh, have you ever experienced racism um, with, no, just have you ever experienced racism? I have, yeah. yeah. So, uh, growing up, I went to a parochial private school okay. uh, from kindergarten to fifth grade, and a majority of that school was um, not Asian. They were all Caucasian. And so, um, there was a lot of times where I felt really alienated mm -hmm. from that because I'd be the only non-white person in my classrooms yeah. they would all um not all the time um but like intermittently make fun of my lunches they'd say it's disgusting um they'd say that say some insensitive stuff i mean yeah. they're <clears throat> elementary schoolers right. but to come from a place where that's normal is really weird because you have all these people that say like, oh, like, why does your food smell that way? And why are you eating rice every day? Why can't you just have some other like sandwich or something? And it's, it's really, it feels sort of uh, invalidating. Right. It makes me feel like uh, the things that I do because of my culture, the things that I eat because of my culture, um, are not as important and not as valued as uh, the culture that they uh, were under. How have you dealt with that? Um, I mean, I moved. <laughs> um, maybe not because of the school, but since I moved away from that area, um, I got to go to a public school Mm -hmm. and found that there were a lot more people like me there. I got to make a lot more diverse friend groups. I got to connect with people on a deeper level because they just understood me that way. Mm -hmm. uh, I got to see a bunch of other people's experiences yeah. and uh, compare and contrast them with mine right. because we were able to 
sort of bond in that way because we grew up a lot differently than a lot of other people at you know my private school mm -hmm. and other people that went to our school that weren't in our diverse friend groups so um, we were able to just sort of find a sense of community within our circles of cultures yeah that's really cool thank you so much for talking with me of course Thank you to Chris for taking the time to be here with me today, and thank you to our listeners. To listen in on more episodes, go to lancerfeed.press.